Hello, and welcome to Getting Simply the Best Results podcast. This is your host, Cheryl Jones of simplythebestresults.com, and today we have a wonderful guest with us. This podcast is all about how do you get the best results in your life in er various areas. And our guest today is Miss Sarah Kennedy. And she is a keynote speaker, award-winning author, and former corporate executive who helps arm professionals with strategies and practices they need to make the critical shift from informed to influential, from doer to driver, and from manager to leader. She works with Fortune 500 companies who are committed to helping their managers strengthen their leadership skills, improve business relationships, and enhance their performance. When she's not speaking or working with her clients, she's cheering on her son's football team, hiding new shoe purchases from her husband and her 17-year-old daughter, or ordering double cappuccino at Starbucks. Please join me in welcoming speaker consultant and wannabe Cupcake Wars judge, Miss Sarah Kennedy. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm, oh, we're so pleased to have you today because there, we just—I know there's so much that you can share with us. So I want to really get into it right away. And you know, I've known you for quite a while now, but I don't know a lot about your background. So, like, I didn't know you were a corporate executive. You look like one, but <laughs> and but I didn't know that part of your history. So, would you tell me a little bit more about your background, kind of how you got to be this dynamic consultant, speaker, author? Certainly. Um, I spent about 13 years in the very sexy industry of insurance. Yeah, so I started <laughs> no. out in exactly. I started out in property and casualty and then went on to work in the workers comp insurance industry. Now, um I am not trained uh and certified as a claims adjuster or an underwriter. Um those years I spent in corporate were primarily in sales and operations and oh. uh worked my way up from an individual contributor right out of college. When I exited corporate, I had made it to the level of VP of operations. Uh, during that time, you know, I think I did uh, what a lot of people did to, to climb the corporate ladder. I went on to get my MBA, uh, put in a lot of hours, um, took on, you know, different projects to expand my reach and my experience. And uh, don't get me wrong, it wasn't all, you know, unicorns and fairies. Um, I had a lot of fits and <laughs> starts moving up the corporate ladder, but for the most part, um, had a somewhat traditional trajectory. Interesting. Is that what you went to school for? Um, yeah, well, I went to school for uh, my undergraduate degree, interestingly enough, was in organizational communication. So I've always had a love for the people side of the business, and I I always tell people it was my ego that kept me in operations. Um, because really, you know, if you line out up outside the uh, CEO's office um, and you are in HR or you're in training and development or marketing, you're going to stand behind the CFO, the finance guy, the operations guy, and the sales guy. And mm -hmm. so I always wanted sort of to be at the table where some of the bigger decisions were made. But um, 
have always had a love for the people side of the business, the leadership side of the business. Yeah, and you're very good at that. Definitely. I've seen you in action and and the way you relate to people is 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 just really positive and inspirational. Definitely. Well, you know, in that time, maybe you know, back then or or even more recently, um is there a skill or a characteristic that you feel has really helped you, you know, like bring out the best results and whether it was you know, in the insurance industry or now as a as a consultant? There, there is, and in fact, I didn't even know that there was actually a word for it, um, but it's called procrastination, and it's exactly <laughs> what you might be thinking. Yes, yeah. instead of procrastinating, I'm actually a procrastinator. So for years, I've had a tendency to do things ahead of time. I know, it sounds really strange and a little bit... A little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit obsessive, but, but I've had this tendency to always do things right away. The minute I know something is due, uh, is expected of me, I tend to jump on things right away. I've always done that, and I think two reasons. One is it was subconsciously, I think, I knew that I had a very low tolerance to work under pressure. I'm just not good at being at my best under pressure. Now, you know, I say that I, I live with somebody, my husband, who is actually very good at it. Um, he can have a presentation due and the night before he starts working on it and he knocks it out of the park. I, wow. however, am not wired that way. <laughs> and it, it will just cause me added stress. So I think for years I didn't know that's why I did it. Um, I think I'm, I'm old enough now to recognize that it's something, it's just a self-awareness I have. So I do things in advance. The other reason I do them, and I think this is something that I really honed while I was in corporate as a leader, is that so much of your day is fighting fires and things that were mm, unanticipated. Yeah. And knowing that, I used to do as much as I could because I just anticipated that I would be pulled in different directions um, and I wouldn't have the time uh, or the energy maybe to put into the bigger bigger goals and the bigger projects that I had in front of me. So, so yeah, procrastination. <laughs> that is I've it. never, I've never heard that term before. Of course, I yeah. knew what procrastination was, <laughs> definitely, because I have experienced that. Um, no doubt, and and practiced it. <laughs> but that is so interesting, and that you were able to have the awareness that you were likely to be distracted or pulled off of task. To have that forethought and that awareness to me is fascinating. Um, yes, that happens to me all day, but I just thought it was squirrel syndrome, you know, which I'm real clear <laughs> that I get distracted by squirrels and shiny things. So, um, you know, so gosh, if I had a little of this procrastination, no telling how much better right. I would be. What do, do you right. think that's just in your DNA or do you think that's something that like, do you remember an incident or a situation that like caused you to take that on? 
You know, I really, I think it's two things. I think it is partly my DNA. In fact, I think it's very, a big, big part of my DNA. But I also think that I had enough experience with being completely stressed out because I was under Mm -hmm. the gun um, that I wanted to avoid it. I wanted to avoid that feeling at all costs. So it was, I think it's a combination of two. And, And don't get me wrong, like any strength, taken too far, this could actually get in the way, right? I mean, especially mm. nowadays, um, we, we, are, we have a, a, a bias for action, and mm-hmm. that sounds like it's a good thing, but not always, because there are times when I have moved too quickly, right? And if I had just mm. been more patient, um, something else may have developed that would have helped me uh, put together a better deliverable or a better package mm-hmm. or, um, frankly, a, a, make a better decision. So I have to still, like any other strength, I have to make sure that I don't overuse it. Gotcha. And that yeah. makes sense to me I, because sometimes I, I, when I'm developing things, I notice that it's the it's like the whole idea hasn't really come into formulation yet and it and the closer i get to its due date the more clarity i have and i'm not doing it total last minute anymore however um it, it seems like there's a sweet spot of clarity yeah. kind of thing yeah. mhm absolutely definitely absolutely yeah and so that you had this this procrastination um, skill set, if you will, um, all I guess from a young age, and it's just kind of continuously paid off in terms of of being ready, except for when it didn't. Is that kind of how it worked? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that something you you would recommend that um, either we work toward developing or? You know, or is it something develop in moderation, or are there certain times it's better to have that skill than others? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're obviously right now in unprecedented times, and mm. I think we may even feel a little stymied right now because it is so unprecedented, and people don't know what's coming next, and so it's it's almost hard to be a procrastinator when there's so many mm-hmm. unknowns. But I would say to try it on with the things that you do know and that you can act on. And I think, you know, even if that's something that you need to pivot and change moving forward, the whole point of taking action and moving is going to help you get off center, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen all too often that people spend a lot of their time and energy researching something or trying to learn different things before they actually do it and and to me they don't even realize that subconsciously they're procrastinating in their mind they're they're doing research or they're arming themselves with you know um, training or you know how to's but really what may be going on is they're simply just procrastinating so you know i it's not for everybody and and like i said some people actually flourish when they are waiting till the last minute for whatever reason the pressure is a fuel to them and it um you know it marshals up some sort of an energy for them that maybe they didn't have before so it it is you have to know your own you know constitution and and what works Mm. for you and what doesn't Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah yeah so I'm curious to know 
the the evolution kind of of your of your business because you're in the in the insurance industry and now you're a speaker yeah. author and consultant or whichever yeah. order you want to put them in and yeah. um, I'm I'm wondering about that jump and how you made that jump and kind of um, that evolution that's taken place. Sure. Well, I mentioned before that I've always had a love and affinity for the people side of the business the culture side, the leadership side. I had a stint while I was in corporate um, as a manager for an, for OD, which is short for organizational development. And I loved my role. It was about a two-year role as a manager. And the only reason I left and went back into operations that it was opportunity to um, move into a senior um, role, senior leader position. So it was an up, upgrade for me in terms of position and I knew I would learn more. But if it weren't for that, I'm not sure what I would have left that particular role. Um, but what led me to make the jump altogether out of corporate, frankly, was I was, you know, and this this is 18 years ago, and there were not the <laughs> micro innovations that there are today. So, you know, once we kind of cast and set set the plan in motion, a lot of it was about maintaining. Um, yeah, there were some evolutions that we had to deal with, but not like today. And so the long and short of it is I really got to a point where I had to say, is this fulfilling? Mm. Is this something I want to be doing long term? Is there something more for me? What is my real purpose here and, and what feeds me um, and what aligns with, with what I want to do and what's you know, under my hood, so to speak. So mm -hmm. it started some self-reflection. I worked with a career coach, um, and I began to see that the next step for me might be, you know, out on my own. It wasn't something that I ever thought I would do. I have no problem working for somebody else. Um, I never had dreams to have my own business, but the more I started working with this coach, she really got me to change my paradigms about what I thought that meant because I was also very burnt out and I thought working for myself just meant, you know, instead of 65 hours, it was going to be 85. Um, <laughs> and so I had to really work through what it would mean for me, um, not to mention, you know, very traditional upbringing. You never leave a job until you have one. Mm -hmm. um, and that was at the very... I would say, very early stages of what people used to call their plan B, the term now is simply having a side hustle. So then <laughs> I started doing my plan B while I was working because I began to find something that was really of interest to me, which was coaching and training and speaking around communication and professional presence. And I started taking on some certifications and whatnot while I was still working and I would do it, you know, after hours and eventually, you know, got to the point where I had enough overtime piled up, uh, overtime pay, that is, comp time is what they used to call it, mm -hmm. so that I could leave um, and, and start my own, my own uh, kind of boutique firm. And, you know, what was interesting is that same year that I left the company to start my own business, I uh, got pregnant with my first oh. baby. And so, you know, it, it was uh, an interesting, 
you know, evolution because I purposely went slowly in building my business so that I could be at home and maybe get help two days a week, um, but still build the business slowly. And that's how it happened. It was it was the best thing. That is very strategic. You were birthing a child and birthing a business at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> Yes. I wouldn't recommend that, by the way. <laughs> I understand completely. Yes, yes. definitely. Uh, yeah, similar similar situation, but I had already okay. been in business for a little while, but I was still growing it right when when yes. my first one was came along. So that's pretty that's pretty funny. Yeah, because there is there is some similarities. Uh, the pain and the struggle and the balance of of everything is is a challenge. Definitely a it challenge. Is. It yeah. Is. So you spent a lot of time and were interested in that and the communication side of things and the professional presence. And now you're seen as a leadership expert. And right. I know that you, yeah, you just, re uh, I, th I think it was just last year, released a, a new book called Leadership Unchained. And I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about that and why you chose that title. Sure, I'd love to. So, you know, like you, Cheryl, when we're out there with leaders, um, whether we're keynoting or doing a workshop, you know, we get a chance to hear from them weekly, daily, and hear about their struggles. And there mm -hmm. was a common thread that I kept hearing among those that I coached or, or spoke to, and that was that, you know, they were exhausted and they felt mm. like nothing more than walking to-do lists and fighting fires, you know, firefighters. And that they were beginning to lose what it meant to be a leader, right? They, they wanted mm. the sense of achievement that came with helping the company evolve, the bigger projects, not just the everyday tactical and that caused me to reflect and think about how best to serve leaders, right? Whether I was coaching mm -hmm. them in the moment or whether I was speaking to them. And before I knew it, that evolved into um, pieces that I would write as a blog post or I would find myself coaching leaders and thinking, man, this, this would, this would be great for a book. And so what I what I discovered is a lot of what works or used to work in the past, even the success principles I knew to work as a leader were no longer working in today's business landscape. So, you know, the, the doing more, mm -hmm. staying more tethered, that is not necessarily getting these leaders traction and it's not necessarily mm -hmm. fulfilling them. So, my book is all about counterintuitive strategies to meet today's demands. Um, and interestingly enough, the first chapter is one I need to learn the most, which is this idea of a bias for action and turning that on its head and making time for a strategic pause or what I call a mental time in, right? And that's where you mm -hmm. actually get to sit and, and think about everything you've been consuming, reading, listening to in meetings and, and making sense of them, M making connections that weren't firing in the moment because you were too distracted, right? 
or Mm -hmm. prioritizing or remembering what you circled in a notepad that you wanted to take action on that normally would never see the light of day because you got pulled off and distracted right after leaving that meeting. So um, that's just one example of the book, right? There's, uh, there's six others that are, are, you know, those success strategies Mm -hmm. that we need to think differently about in today's landscape. Well, I'm curious to know a little bit more. Um, this you talk about a strategic pause, or you know, um, and and I get what you're saying—a bias for action. Like, go do, you know, oh, make that decision yes. now. Okay, I've yes. been, I, I've lived, I've lived that. It's like, oh, I get an idea and I act on it, and that's part of my personality. But that's also um, what inspires me, right? Um, sure. However, I totally what you're saying about taking a strategic pause makes so much sense to me in terms of just trying to um, assimilate is kind of the word uh, that's coming to me assimilate all these different ideas and what makes sense how to put them together in a way that is of most value rather than just acting on the first idea that comes to mind how if you if you were going to do that and all right this is really for my personal information i'm sure our audience would love to know too how do you how would you structure a strategic pause or do i need to buy the book to go learn how to do that no 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 no. (laughs) Um, it's actually very simple you know for most people it it would serve them to just every friday morning instead of you know launching right into their virtual team meetings um you know it used to be we'd drive into work but these days it's it's Right. Before jumping on those calls, you know, go out the back patio, um, take your coffee, um, turn off your email notifications, and for an hour, look at everything that's been on your calendar. Reread notes, um, maybe read the articles that you, you know, the headline looked like it would be helpful, but you didn't have time to read it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's even technology. Maybe you heard of an app or a software program that could really help make your job more efficient. But again, you put that in a do later file because you can't even figure out how to use the darn thing. And it could really be helping you. Um, Anything. It's just a time for letting those things all come together in a very, you know, um, uninterrupted time, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. uninterrupted time. Now, that's, only one way. For some people, it's taking a walk. There's something about movement that if there's been mm-hmm. something on their mind they cannot figure out or they haven't been able to get creative about taking a walk and freeing their mind of some of this other clutter is what helps things to start locking into place. Um, I know that happens for me. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I walk mostly daily, but Sometimes I don't get to walk until middle of the day or middle afternoon, but just walking away from my computer, something that I've been kind of struggling with, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, that's such an easy solution. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> right? Um, for some people, yeah. can be getting on, you know, getting on a bike and, and yeah. it's their commute to work. Or it, it looks different for everybody. But mm-hmm. the main thing is this isn't about mindfulness. It's not about meditating. It is just a way to say, this is my hour, and I'm going to go back to some things that I have been putting aside or that I can reread so that I can see, are there some connections here? Can I make those alignments, as you said? 
That makes a lot of sense. And and until you said, I was trying to imagine myself stepping out on the back porch on Friday morning with my cup of coffee, and I thought, oh, that sounds nice, you know. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and but then I, when you mentioned walking, I will sometimes not as regular as I like, but uh, walk in the morning before the sun comes up or as the sun is coming up. And there's actually a benefit to doing that uh, when it's dark. It's harder to see your neighbor's homes and look at their yards or get distracted Mm. by their flower beds or sometimes you get the benefit of seeing wildlife that you didn't expect to cross paths with. And you're absolutely right. Uh, There is something about that movement. It really frees up your mind. And for me, the treadmill, I can't get the same effect from it. But if I walk the street, walk the neighborhood, and especially if it's just dawn, coming up, the sun's coming up kind of thing, um, the quietness of it and not being able to focus real clearly on distractions allows me to to see into my own brain a little bit better. So that's fascinating. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned well, you that. Think Thank about you. It, yeah. I mean, the, the metaphor with the treadmill, I mean, that's probably the last <laughs> thing we need to do is jump on the treadmill. <laughs> It goes yes. back to being chained, you know, yes. kind of thing. Bringing that chained analogy back, so versus right. unchained. I can exactly. see the connection now, definitely, yes. definitely. Yes. So, are are there some things that you've personally learned from some of the concepts in the book as you've applied them? Surely, you've must have learned something about this, you know, and and are starting to practice more and more this idea of the strategic pause. But are there some other things that are have been real valuable to you? Oh, yeah, and it's one of those things, um, you know, the, the nice way of saying it is we, we, we teach what we need to learn. Um, but the more crass <laughs> way of saying it is, you know, I need to eat my own dog food. Um, or, you know, the classier way was drink my own champagne. I like that one. I heard that one the other day. I love um, that too. Yeah, uh, and I'm still <laughs> learning. I mean, the bias for action is a work in progress for me because I have a propensity to move and to take action. Mm-hmm. The other one that's in my book is about being um, really diligent and having a take no prisoners attitude about what gets your time and attention. And that tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That means that you are not only making a to do list, but you're making a stop doing list. And that is that is another work in progress for me. And and I had. Mm -hmm. I had an, an experience year before last that really taught me this lesson well. I was having my sort of annual mini planning retreat, and I gathered, you know, three or four people that have been on my team that have helped me with my business and still do. And I had a colleague say to me, good friend and colleague who's in the business, say, why don't you let me facilitate that planning retreat so that you can participate instead of trying to do both, facilitate and participate. Um, long story short, you know, he was up on a whiteboard. We had a, a big pie chart, and we were talking about the percentage of my business that was, you know, online training versus executive coaching versus keynoting. You know, we had all my deliverables up, and then he asked me to move forward on what I wanted those percentages to be the next year. And... His question after that was critical because, you know, again, I'm ready to move forward. You know, once I saw the new percentages, I said, okay, great. What do we need to do to make those shifts in the percentages? And he said, no, I'm going to stop you. 
And I think the better question is, what do you need to let go of in order to reach those goals? And it was, it was a very different approach to planning. But let me tell you, it was um, very powerful, very powerful. Wow. Um, and so that's just an example of, of some of the learnings that I've had from, from the concepts in the book. That's a brilliant question. It makes total sense. And that yeah. idea of stop doing, oh boy, I'm going to go back and look at my to-do list and <laughs> look and yes. see. And, and, you know, I tend to be one of those people when a friend is in need, I drop what I'm doing. I put my stuff on hold and try to handle uh, their crises, yeah. which yeah. they're fine. It's not that they really need me. They're fine. Right. But um, I want to be of service. So th that is can be a detriment. There's something right there that I am taking away from this conversation about, Good. you know what, Good. let them go to voicemail, you know, right. kind of thing. Right. So if you're in the really, yep. yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's so cool. I'm so excited about what I'm learning today. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, um, if you know, if you were to go back in time, and I, you know, I've I've heard um, therapists and other types of people say, if you were to look back and go, be able to travel back in time and talk to your younger self, you know, and and try to encourage her as she's starting out and give her some guidance, is there something you might tell her? that would oh, help God. help save some struggle or <laughs> something? Yes. Without a doubt, I would say to her, don't take yourself so seriously. That's a That's brilliant exactly one. That's what I would say. Yeah. I've had to learn that one the hard way. Um, uh, and it's, you know, again, it's another work in progress for me, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. I just, uh, playfulness is something that I always work on bringing in into my uh, world, whether it's work or home or family. Um, but yeah, that is certainly one that I wish I had messages like that uh, much earlier mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something along that same lines that, that I've adopted uh, there is because perfectionism, I have a little perfectionism in me, but I can't quite ever get it there, is um, sloppy success. Now, it doesn't mean be sloppy in your intention, but, right. you know, in doing something, it means give it your all. And if it's not perfect, let it be okay. It's, you know, right. let it be okay. Because right. you spend a whole lot more time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and not to beat yourself up about it either. And that's what I right. hear you saying. Relax, have fun, enjoy. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. this may be the only trip we get. We should probably in, enjoy it, you know. Exactly. So, exactly. brilliant. Yeah, I like that very much. Is um, has there been somebody who or something that has had a really big influence on on creating you as you are today? Hmm. I mean, I think you know it's it's not a very um, novel answer, but it's uh, certainly I would say both my mother and my father. Um, had a huge influence on me, um, and luckily they 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 have different you know personalities, different approaches, but both have made an impact. Um, probably my father more so in the business sense. Um, he mm -hmm. is an engineer by trade, um, very methodical, very organized, uh, but he's also just an amazing um, 
he's he's very ethical and he's very fair-minded and mm-hmm. he gives everybody the benefit of the doubt um and and I really love him for that but I learned a lot from him. I worked in his office in the summers. Of course, I hated it because it was boring. Um, <laughs> but I picked up a lot more than I realized, I guess. Um, and, you know, my mother, very, very strong woman, has had a lot of adversity in her life. But I've seen her just uh, walk right through it. And she's been a great example for me. Um and then I would say, you know, it's the leaders that I've had in my life, both good and bad, who've influenced me. Mm. You know, I, I think I said as much uh, in the past that I would never do what I saw leaders do um, as much as I would say, oh, that's really, that's really nice. I'm, I'm going to mm. remember that approach. Um, mm-hmm. So I think good and bad leaders have, have had a, an impression on me, have made an impression on me. Yeah, I get. I I know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to be that person, or right. yes, I want to be more like that person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good that you have that awareness. A lot of people um, might just say, oh, that guy was a terrible manager or whatever, and and just you know try to get as far away from it as possible, not realizing that there was an opportunity to learn something in that moment. To learn. You know, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, I know that you have two books you've already written. So, you know, usually a book is somebody's big thing to do, right? What's the next big thing for you and, or what are you focusing on today? Yeah, we're in the middle of this very strange um, environment of the coronavirus. And so maybe it's changed your focus. And I'm just curious, has, has it influenced you and, and where, where are you looking these days? What are you planning? Well, interestingly enough, I think that, you know, all of us have to evolve, um, not only to the circumstances, but continuously evolve based on what your clients and, and your, you know, your most loyal customers want and need from you. And so I am planning to just really lean in close and listen and try to discover what leaders most need. I mean, I think, you know, you can't swing a bat right now without reading an article about, you know, crisis communication and how to work remotely and, you know, um, how to engage remote teams. Um, But I want to know more than that. I I, want to know what's really going on and what leaders really Mm. want. So I'm going to be listening for that. Um, I was already en route to do a lot more virtual work. Um, you know, I've got a couple of big clients that are, they're global. And it wasn't making sense before this mm. to bring me in um, or have me travel to all their sites. And so I was already working to try to transition some of my work to virtual work. Um, and, of course, I do a lot of the LinkedIn learning courses. I'm going to continue mm-hmm. that. So I feel very blessed that I did not come to an abrupt halt in my business. Um, I was already moving in that direction. This is going to compel me to probably move faster in that direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, and let me say, it it does create a challenge. It's not an easy transition. Um, What works face-to-face doesn't necessarily and usually doesn't work virtually. You have to get a lot more creative 
and think about how to engage people virtually. So Mm -hmm. that in and of itself is going to be um, an opportunity, I'll say, (laughs) right, for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. For all of us. Um, But, you know, it it is what it is and and we'll we'll move forward. And we're growing and learning and it's what is necessary right now, you know. That's right. And and I would much prefer to be there and shake somebody's hand and hug them and or whatever um, appropriately, uh, the hug part, you know, so, you know. Because that's and read their their whole body language, not just their eyes or whatever you might right. see on the screen. So that really um, changes things a little bit. We have to kind of intuit maybe a little bit more, um, maybe ask more uh, direct questions. And as a coach, you would you would be prepared to easily you know get get into and pull out um, those thoughts that, that if people are willing, you know, to, to display them so or share them. So I, And I've seen your LinkedIn learning courses, and they're well done. I just I recommend them. Anybody who's interested in learning more about leadership and communication and so forth, you've got to check out Sarah's LinkedIn learning courses. So definitely very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there... Um, any exciting news or anything cool that's coming up um, that you want anybody to know about that might be fun or we yeah. should be on the lookout for? You know, um, there is, and and you know, the irony is that I'm I'm really trying to strike a balance between respecting what's going on right now and and balancing that with the idea that regardless, we've got to move forward. Um, but I just finished. Um, a what's called the modern leader index so this is a self-assessment that you can take and it's free mm-hmm. nothing i'm selling um if you just look up the modern leader index um with my name sarah Canada. Okay. in fact i don't even know if you need my name you can take <laughs> a free assessment that's based um you know in part on my book but that mm-hmm. just gets a general sense of how willing and ready you are to shake up the way you work, think, and lead. And this was in the process before COVID-19. So um, it wasn't something that was related to, you know, how mm-hmm. ready are you to, to disrupt uh, yourself. <laughs> it, it was really more related to just we were undergoing massive changes even before that. Um, and so it's something that, you know, your readers or your listeners might be interested in. Definitely. I'm curious. I want to take it. So I I'm hoping I'm flexible. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Thanks. I hope I'm a flexible leader, you know, and, and ready to, to, to stay uh, nimble, you know, and, yeah. and uh, ready to, to move on. So we'll see. It'll be good. It will be okay. a good um what do you call it, um, self-assessment in terms of, I can look back at it and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that about myself. So. There you go. And I'll, <laughs> I'll keep you honest and I'll follow up with you to see what how, <laughs> how you scored and, and what the recommendations were. <laughs> yeah, I might need, yeah, there you go. I can't wait to see that. That'll be great. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Sure. Uh, wonderful. Well, um, I want to thank you, but before we go, um, I want to make sure that our audience knows how to reach you, how to get in touch with you. So if you could provide your web address and anything else, that, you know, maybe social media or whatever, how, however you'd like people to be in touch with you, that would be really helpful. Certainly. The, um, you know, my, my web address is my name. So Sarah 
Canaday.com, and it's C-A-N-A-D-A-Y.com. People would miss that last A for some reason, so it's SarahCanaday.com. And my email address is Sarah at SarahCanaday.com. And, of course, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. So I'm happy to connect um, with your listeners in any way, shape, or form um, or to hear from them via email. Wonderful. Thank you. And that is Sarah without an H, just to be clear. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. You might not. Yeah. I have that problem with Cheryl. People think it's spelled with an S and I spell it with a C. So, yeah, it is Sarah. Yeah, Sarah without an H, S-A-R-A. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much, Sarah, for being here and for sharing this information today. It's, I feel like I've learned so much about you, and yet I already, I've known you for, I don't know, 10 years almost. Exactly. So, <laughs> so y'all be sure to check out the Modern Leader Index and see where you are on the index, as well as go out and buy Sarah's book, Leadership Unchained. That's U-N-C-H-A-I-N-E-D. Unchained. 